All right. Good morning, everybody. Appreciate that you came this morning. We will trust the Lord to bless you today. Praise the Lord. Let's begin by laying your hands to the right and left of that person. Look at them in the eye, right and left. Say, I'm believing God. You're going to lose weight right now. Praise God. Come on, bow your head when you... Mm. It's a miracle that's happening. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you for having me come today, Pastor Albert and Pastor Scott, Miss Monica, beautiful Melissa. Praise the Lord. We uh, go to Romans chapter 8, if you would. And as you're doing that, let me talk to you about these three products that you're going to want to have. If you don't own Letters from God, uh, it's a book of 365 letters from God for daily encouragement. Uh, we're headed towards 100,000 of these, and I'm really appreciating what the Lord has done with his book. Uh, but if you don't own one, if you would raise your hand, the ushers will put one in your hand, and then you can look up your birthday. Read your birthday, and then you'll be able to see if this is something that you could want to have every day. It, it has done many miracles, I'll have to say that. If, how many of you are women? <laughs> yes? And if you want to be free from all people on planet Earth, free. Nobody bugs you. Get that woman defined. That will really help you get rid of all insecurities and give you tremendous freedom with every person in your life. Voted the number one worship CD on planet Earth right there, Sea of Glass. If you love to worship, you're going to want that. Every song is a worship event. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's go to Romans chapter 8. And for also for tonight, uh, before I get into this, for tonight, because when we go to church, we are not wanting to be religious or have any kind of religious experience. We want to have an encounter with God. That's why we're coming to church. We don't need religious experiences. They're not going to change anything. So anything that's not genuine or authentic becomes religious. If you behave differently at church than you do at home, that's religious. If you live differently at home than you do at church, that's religious. So you're not going to want to have anything religious because there's no power in it. There's just bondage. And you know that you don't want to be bound any longer than you have to. Praise God. You want to genuinely be happy and you genuinely want to be blessed. And you want the Holy Spirit <coughs> working and operating in your life. So tonight, I'm going to minister to you on how you know that the Holy Spirit is with you and working in your life. That's the first thing. And the second thing is how do you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit? How many of you already know there's some areas of your life where you simply cannot win? You need the help of the Holy Spirit. How do you get the Holy Spirit involved in your life and all those areas to where you can look at your life and say, my life is being touched by the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit is running my life. 
I'm living this area of my life through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is not self-effort. This is not willpower. This is the divine presence of God operating in that area of my life, causing me to will and to do of his good pleasure. Praise God. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot of failures in your life. You're going to have a lot of disappointments, and you're going to get discouraged. So we want to have a life that we cannot take credit for. We want to have a life that only God can be blamed for. Praise God. Would you give somebody a high five and say, I don't know what he's talking about, but if you could give me $20, I'll believe anything he's going to say. Praise the Lord. So this morning, what I want to do is Romans 8.28. I want to talk to you. This is a, a something I mentioned a little bit, but I want to really get into this with you. How many of you believe that you are loved by God and that you are unique? person. You are the only one with those fingerprints on all of planet earth. There's nobody like you anywhere in the world. You are unique. It doesn't matter who your parents were, and it doesn't matter the circumstances of your birth. The only thing that matters is what you choose to do with your life. And the only thing that's going to really matter is if you're walking in God's divine purpose for your life. It's impossible to be happy outside of the purpose of God. Everybody tries it, and everybody's unhappy because they're not in that purpose that God created them for. Each one of you has been created by God for a specific purpose. Like a watch is a watch, and a guitar is a guitar, and a car is a car, and a hat is a hat. Everything has a purpose. You have a purpose. Everything about you is divinely designed for amazingness. Praise God. Tell that person you are amazing whether you know it or not. Tell them there is something about you that is unique and amazing. If you don't discover this and you don't walk in this, you're going to be unhappy your whole life. Your marriage has a purpose. It's not just there. It has a divine purpose. Your job has a divine purpose. Your body has a divine purpose. Your health has a divine purpose. Your children have a divine purpose. Generations Church has a divine purpose that God has attached to this church. Each one of you, God has taken a divine purpose, and then at your born-againness, at the stage where you became a Christian, God took that divine purpose and attached it to your life. Once that divine purpose is attached, you are forever ruined from ever being happy in any life other than the one God has planned for you. It would have been better not to get saved if you wanted to be a worldly person. Because once divine purpose is attached to you, divine purpose carries in it a voice. And that voice is there to talk to you every time you're doing something wrong. And it talks to you and the guilt and shame and condemnation follow you all your life when that divine purpose is there and you know you're living below it. Oh my gosh, you shouldn't be getting high right now. This is not what I called you to do. 
You really shouldn't be cussing these people out. You really shouldn't be fighting with this person. You really shouldn't be stealing this. You really shouldn't be following this path. You really shouldn't be treating this person this way. This is the divine purpose with a divine voice attached to your life on the day you surrendered your life to God. And so now this voice, the divine purpose voice, does not allow you to be happy outside of your designed purpose. Praise God. Now, stop and think about it, because if you're trying to be happy without it, you're just not going to do it. So if you're unhappy, it's because you're not functioning in your purpose. Praise the Lord. If you're unhappy right now, if you say, I hate my life, I hate everybody in my life, you're outside of God's purpose for your life. Say, I want to get rid of the whole earth. That's not good. I want to just, you know... uh, Escape. I want to go hide somewhere. I want to be left alone. I want to just be by myself in my house, and I don't want to ever talk to anybody or see anybody or have to do anything with anybody. That is not good. That is not your purpose. That is not God's divine purpose for your life. You are not designed to be normal. You're designed to be supernatural. Anything normal man can take credit for, but the supernatural only God can take credit for. If there's no amazing to your name or to your life or to your experiences, if there's no supernatural to your life, if there's no miracles in your life, if there's nothing in your life that's beyond normal and natural and manlike, then you're not operating in your divine purpose because in your divine purpose, there is divinity. In your divine purpose, there is supernaturalness. In your divine purpose, there are miracles. Those are given to you in your purpose, attached to you, and you're supposed to experience those and walk in those and see that happening in your daily life. Praise God. If all you and I are going to do is go to sleep, eat food, watch TV, and go to work, and stay in that cycle till the day we die, we are no different than a lost person that has never met God, has never served God, has never loved God, and has never surrendered to God. Your life cannot be average. Your life cannot be normal. Your life cannot be regular. Your life has to be supernaturally normal. And normal is supernatural in God. To be in the purpose of God for your life is to be functioning in what God created you to be and what God created you to do. Think about that for a second. How many of you have done things you knew were wrong? How many have done that? Say, oh, I'm doing this. I'm really liking this, but I know it's really wrong. You can get addicted to living a life in a false purpose, a purpose that comes of your own ego of your own desires, of your own appetites, but it's not of God. That purpose will destroy you sooner or later. Or you can even get into a demonic purpose, which is Satan's plan for your life. You actually are living out the things Satan has planned for you to experience. And we know by what the Bible tells us in John 10.10, that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Anything that has destruction in it, anything that has theft in it, anything that steals from you, destroys, or kills in your life is the plan of Satan and the purpose of Satan for your life. God never intended for your family to fall apart. 
God never intended for your health to fall apart. God never intended for your job or your business to fall apart. All of those things can be put in a position where the hand of God is upon them and then the blessing of the Lord is operating in that area. Praise God. Would you hug somebody and say, wake up. I believe Ivan is talking to you. Praise God. Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. How many of you love God? To them that are called according to his purpose. How many of you want to be walking in the purpose of God for your life? Let me see your hand. Say, I want to do the will of God for my life. I want to function in the purpose of God. You see that Jesus did it. Jesus knew why he came to earth. He knew what his purpose was, and he kept focused on that. He lived under the circle of the essentials of that purpose. He said, I'm not going to walk outside of this. I'm going to be a carpenter, and I'm going to go pray. I'm going to learn. I'm going to grow. I'm going to do what, what my father wants me to do. I have to be about my father's business. And he didn't vary in any other areas once he found that purpose. What if you don't know that purpose? What if you're sitting there right now and you say, I don't know what God's purpose is for my life. I know I'm supposed to be saved, love God, go to church, be nice to people, and go to heaven. Those are all good generalities, but until you get very specific with yourself about whether you know what your real purpose is, what you were really designed to do with your life, you're not going to be happy, you're not going to be free, you're not going to be joyful, and you're not going to be outside of the reach of the evil temptations of your Adamic nature. Praise God. Your marriage has that in it until you as a couple are actually living the purpose of God for your marriage. Your marriage comes under tremendous spiritual warfare and attack. There is a lot of demonic activity in a marriage where the man does not know God's purpose for his life and where the woman does not know God's purpose for her life. If the man says, I'm not going to do God's will, I'm going to go race cars, I'm going to go, you know, playing honky-tonks, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and the woman is over here trying to serve God, you have a divided house, and there's a lot of problems in that relationship. If you find a man that says, I know why I was born, I know where I am going, I know how to get there, and the woman says, I know my purpose for my birth, my existence, I know the divine design of God for my life and that is what I'm going to do. That's the way I'm going to live. And when two people like that agree on that and said, this is why we got married. This is the purpose of God. And they begin to function in it. Satan has no access to what is divine. He only has access to vices. He doesn't have access to virtues. Amen. Satan manipulates vices, but he cannot touch your virtue. Praise the Lord. Whatever is filled in your life with virtue is untouchable by evil. Whatever is in partnership with Satan is subject to death, destruction, and theft. Praise God. So you're not just married. You're not just a single person. You're just not a single woman. You actually have a divine existence, something that a person without Jesus does not have. Praise God. 
You say, well, I don't know, I feel pretty average, I feel pretty normal, I mean, I don't seem to be like unnaturally amazing. Well, you're not that now, but you are going to be. Praise the Lord. The potential is there because God is no respecter of persons. Your past does not determine your future. Your past mistakes do not guide God's hand in how he will bless you. Once you disconnect with your past and once you disconnect with your past mistakes, God takes over and he says, okay, you're not going to give any authority and any credit to your past mistakes. You're not going to give any power and authority to your past sins. You are refusing to come under the curse of your mistakes and the curse of your past. Okay, then I will partner with you and I will bless you as if you never did anything wrong and I will give you a lot that when somebody looks at that they're going to say what is going on in your life how in the world did you become this person because I knew you this way and I knew you that way and you were mean and cruel and full of all kinds of problems now you're you're, you're changing the world. You're doing what? You're blessing who? You're, 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 you're taking care of what? You're functioning in what? You've written a what? You've done a what? What, 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 what? What, 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 what? Because there is no explanation for you once you're in the hands of God. There's no defining of you in the natural when you're in the hands of God. Your purpose makes you divine. And that is the whole idea. Once you're in the purpose of God, divinity takes out over your life and the Holy Spirit starts driving your life and you end up going to places you could have never gotten by yourself. You end up becoming a person you could never become by yourself because you're in the purpose of God and the Holy Spirit is on your life and supernatural blessings start to manifest out of every area of your life. Praise the Lord. Look at two people and say, that's what you need. This church can be another church of the many thousands in Houston, Texas. It can be another church. Or it can have a divine purpose that it functions under. You get under that, and the anointings on the church come on your family. Now everything the, fa- the church has been blessed with is transmitted over to your family and now your sons and your daughters and your grandchildren are benefiting from that anointing of purpose that is on that church and you are benefiting from it unless you don't see it, you don't acknowledge it and you don't understand it, then everything is natural. You're just going to a church service and waiting till it's over to live your real happy, joyful life. Watching football, eating food, sitting down, relaxing, the things you truly enjoy. Now you have experienced a religious experience, but nothing changed in your life, so you just participated in a religious event with no power to change your destiny or your future. Because you're just waiting for the hour to be over. And then you're going to go do the fun things you like. Praise the Lord. That's called religion. I don't like religion. It's so deadly to the call of God in your life. Praise the Lord. Look at Acts 26. Rise and stand on your feet, for I've appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of things which thou hast seen and of those things in which 
uh, will appear unto you. Here's Paul. He gets knocked off the horse and divine purpose takes over in his life. All of a sudden, he was a murderer thinking he was doing the will of God. And now he gets knocked off the horse. And now he is about to get uh, uh, an awakening and about to realize, wait a second. I am an amazing person in the making. I can truly change the world. I'm going to be a person that can change the world. That's who you are. You are somebody that's worth celebrating and somebody that's worth finding out what is really the purpose of your life and your existence. Praise the Lord. Give somebody a high five and say, I have a divine purpose in my life. If you don't have those things, and which the Bible, of course, is filled with everything imaginable about that, but if you don't have that in your life, because the purpose of God activates the process that you've got to go through. So you have the, pur- the, the purpose of God. Once you embrace that, it then begins to release these processes in your life. And if you're not willing to go through the process, then you're never going to reach the destination. Praise God. You got married and you said, okay, I'm getting married. I like the way you look. I like the way you talk. I like the way you walk. I like the way you smell. I want to marry you. And you, all of a sudden, you, you realize, wait a second, your job is to make me happy. And your job is to make me happy. And seven days go by, and you're not happy. And you say, what's going on? You're supposed to make me happy. And then you find out that's really not the purpose for your marriage, is for you to make each other happy. The purpose of your marriage is to become a lethal weapon in the hands of God, which automatically makes you happy. And once you're happy who you are in God, it doesn't matter who you're married to. The person you're married to no longer has the power to control your emotional world because you are loving them without condition, because you're already content, you don't require them to make you content. Because you're already happy, you don't require them to make you happy. Because you're already at peace, you don't need them to behave a certain way to bring you peace. And once that happens, then you're no longer a slave. You're not a slave to the person you're married to. You're simply a blessing to the person you're married to because you're loving them whether they're acting good or bad. You're being kind to them whether they're good or bad. And that's where the power of the Holy Spirit comes in. Praise God. As long as you're depending on your wife or your husband to make you happy, you are placing them in the position that only God is supposed to occupy. So if you're unhappy, it's because someone is in your life in a position they're not supposed to be in. And if you don't move them out, God will move them out because that's the way that it's worked. God will not be replaced by a person in your life. Jesus is the center of your life. Jesus is the center of your joy. Jesus is the one that's supposed to make you happy. And from that, you're able to raise children without punishing and hurting them and provoking them because you don't require them to be perfect. In order to make you look good, you just simply are going to love them because God gave you to them and they're beautiful and you're going to pour your life in them, but you're already complete. Praise the Lord. This is the the secret people don't get. There's a process to everything. 
Praise the Lord. How many have ever tried to lose weight? <laughs> Let me see. And, and if you're really overweight at that point, because some people lose weight and they're like, oh, I have to lose 10 pounds. Whatever. <laughs> you know. But when you weigh three or 400 pounds, this is more reasonable of conversation. You have three or 400 pounds, and you're going to have to get out there and work out. Well, you know for yourself you're not going to work out in public like in the light. You're going to work out at night, in the dark, down alleyways and streets. But you're still going to buy the uniform. You're going to put it on. But, you know, you're big. But you know that in order to get to where you want to go, the destination, you're going to have to go through the process. You buy the outfit, you put it on, but buying the outfit and putting it on does not make you lose weight. You don't lose weight just because you look like you're going to work out. You don't lose weight just because you go to church and you look like you're spiritual. You don't, no, 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 no. You put it on and then at, at midnight or at 10 o'clock, everybody's sleeping, you get out there and you start walking and you feel pain and needles are sticking in your legs and you feel needles everywhere and it's uncomfortable and you're sweating and you've only gone half a block and you barely, you barely done anything. But I mean, you're just like, oh. And you do this for a month, and then two months, 10 pounds have gone off. Not 15 pounds, not 20 pounds. After a year, you've lost 125 pounds. It's, and it's really amazing what happens is that the suit changes, and you no longer do it at night. Now you're doing it in broad daylight when everybody's awake, and you're running in front of people's houses. You're, you, because you're all skinny, your legs are caving in, your cheeks are caving in, everything's caving in, and you just want people to see you because you're so happy that now you're you can go out in public and you feel like, wow, but the process of embracing that pain was the secret of getting to where you wanted to get. Everything of value has a process. If you're not willing to go through the process, you can never reach the destination that you were born for. You are not going to just go to sleep and wake up an amazing husband. It doesn't work that way. You're going to have to learn everything about that stuff, just like Jesus did in Hebrews 5, 7. He learned obedience through the things which he suffered. Praise the Lord. And I'm not talking about suffering gospel, but I'm talking about processes. There's processes to everything. If you want to be a good dad, you're not just not going to wake up a good dad. You're going to have to learn about each individual child and say, okay, this child really responds to this kind of love. This one doesn't. This child likes me to throw them all over the house, to throw them against walls, to head, do headbutts with them. This child wants to read something or have some scientific project. And you're going to have to learn there's a process to becoming a good mother. There is a process to becoming a good wife. There is a process to becoming an amazing man of God or an amazing woman of God that's going to change the world. And the question is, are you willing to go through the process in order to reach that destination? Or will you die below what God calls you to die and be unhappy? How many of you say, I want to break all unhappiness off of my life? How many of you would say that? I want to be happy. Lift your hand. Say, I want to be happy. I want to be in the will of God, and I want to go serve the purpose of God for my life. Solomon wouldn't go through the process. Samson would not go through the process. Judas would not go through the process. 
They all had a purpose attached to their life. The Israelites, when they went into the wilderness, they would not learn their lessons, and they died out there with their bones bleaching. Every area where you reject the process of the Holy Spirit, you deform your destiny. Every area where you say no to the Holy Spirit, you deform your future. And you end up being a person you were not supposed to be, living a life you were not supposed to live, and experiencing things you were not called to experience. You're married, and the process of being a good husband is you forgive your wife. Every day. All day. You forgive your husband. Every day. All day. I forgive my wife because I want to be happy, and I know that I have to forgive her, so I really don't have any choice. It's very selfish of me to forgive her. Say, I'm forgiving her because I want to be happy and have a good day and love life. Boom. (laughs) That's why I'm doing it. I'm not doing it because I'm spiritual. I'm doing it because I'm selfish. (laughs) I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Everything's great. But being spiritual is when I forgive you who I'm never going to see again. When I pray for you. When I'm never going to talk to you again. Now I'm being spiritual. Now I'm functioning in something divine that doesn't come from earth or from man. Praise the Lord. Would you look at somebody right now and say, God has a plan for your life and it's all good. Say that to somebody. Say, it's all good. good. Praise God. Let's say that, that, for example, Pastor Scott doesn't want me to use him as an example because that's the way we are. But uh, let's say Pastor Scott is called to be a pastor as a young boy. But he doesn't like that. He doesn't really want to do that because it doesn't suit his natural personality. So he says, oh, no, I, I, I don't want to do that. I would never want to do that. I just don't feel comfortable in that. But at one day, he surrenders totally to God Whatever you want for my life, God, I want you to be a pastor. Could it be something else? No, it can't be anything else. So now, Pastor Scott, to become who he was created to be and to reach his destination, must go through the process of dying and murdering his flesh and learning everything that he's not naturally nor tends to rotate to. And God is highly glorified because Satan has lost another destiny. Praise God. Turn to somebody and say, who are you? Come on, point at him and say, who are you supposed to be? Come on, tell him, who are you supposed to be? What are you supposed to be? What is God in mind for you? Because if all you can think about is your wounds and your hurts and your pains and your sorrows and your failures and your mistakes and the 10 years you've wasted or the 20 years or the 30 years, you will bog down in that feeling of futility or you can say, no, that's not what I'm going to do. I am going to function in my calling, though it goes against my personality. There could have been nothing 
farther than from my natural personality than being a preacher. This is the last thing I was naturally uh, equipped to do and be at 17 years old. This was not what I was equipped to do. Not at all what I was talented to do. Not at all what I wanted to do. This was the most terrifying thing of all. Because when God is ready to change you, he will ask you to go somewhere that you're afraid to go. That's how it works. He's going to ask you to go where you don't want to go and where you're scared of going because in that place is where he has hidden your true destiny. Your talents make you famous, but your gifts make God famous. God supports your gifts. He may bless your talents if you surrender your talents to God. Or they may make you stumble all your life and make you vain and proud, arrogant and unreachable. Praise the Lord. Would you touch the person next to you and say, I feel you've lost 20 pounds so far. (laughs) Come on, touch them like that. Say, you have lost 20 pounds of fear, 20 pounds of doubt. All have gone out of your life. Praise the Lord. So if you want a purpose in God... Because all life without a purpose is irrelevant. And so if you and I are going to have what God wants us to have, we're going to have to embrace that purpose, submit to that process, and then we're going to reach that destination. Otherwise, we are not going to reach that destination. And you could actually spend 15 years in torment and pain that were never assigned to you by the Holy Spirit. God never meant for you to have that happen to you. But because you wouldn't go through the processes of the Holy Spirit, the processes of the Holy Spirit in your business, in your health, in your marriage, with your children, in your spiritual life, there's all processes. And you and I have to say that is the process of the Holy Spirit. For example, if you don't understand how the process of transformation works, for example... A person comes up to you, they do something very mean or cruel or offensive, and the natural response is to cuss them out or yell at them or cut them off or never talk to them again or exclude them from your society or just whatever the natural responses are. That's natural. All people would do that. It's natural. That's a terrible person. That's an ugly person. I want nothing to do with you. Stay out of my life. Never talk to me again. I don't ever want to see you again as long as you live. Die. Do whatever, but get out of my life. I hate your guts just like you hate mine, and I don't ever want to talk to you again and see you again. Get out of here. Natural. But a person with insight into the purpose of process, what's going on in your life, says, oh, okay, I know that when God is ready to promote me, he sends somebody to offend me. Oh, so I'm about to get promoted by you. Wow. What can I do for you? How can I help you? Can I write you a check? Can I pay for that? Can I take it? Can I pray for you? You see? totally different response because one man or one woman is going through the spiritual processes of the Holy Spirit to become what they were born to be. The other person is reacting out of natural instinct, which will destroy them. 
How many have ever made pain-inspired decisions? Let me see. How many have ever made pain-inspired decisions? You were hurting so bad, and you lost your mind in that place. You were in so much pain, you just lost your mind. You said things you did not want to say. You did things you did not want to do. And you acted in ways you did not want to act because your pain was your Holy Spirit, and your pain was driving you. And you now have to decide, wait a minute, I am done with being led by pain. I am done with being led by pressure. I am done with being led by flattery. I am done with being led by fear. I am done with being led by personal selfishness and personal gain. I am done with being led by people. I now want the process of the Holy Spirit. What is the process of the Holy Spirit for you to become the apostle you're supposed to be, the author you're supposed to be? the businessman, the entrepreneur you're supposed to be? What is the process of becoming a mother that raises children that Satan has no access to ever in their lives because you are the kind of mother that has the wisdom and understanding to raise children that will never partner with Satan and that have no contact with him because you have taught them to exclude him out of their Uh, reasoning and out of their way of living and their way of making choices. You have taught them as little children. That is the devil right there and that will lead you to this place of destruction. Purpose. Process. Destination. You're not going to get healthy by just sleeping. You can't get healthy by eating the same food. If, if health is going to come, the diet has to change, the exercise has to change, or else you stay unhealthy. And sooner or later, if you're the kind of person that cannot eat anything without being violently attacked in your body, some of you can eat anything you want till you're 100 years old. You can eat chocolate and candy every day, all day, and never get sugar diabetes and never have issues with anything, never have nerve problems and never have uh, anything, and you'll just die with, a, with, with chocolate in your mouth. <laughs> but there are others of you that all you have to do is just look at, at sugar and you go into a coma. And you have to know enough and have enough wisdom to be able to tell, listen, this food is bad for my body. It makes me fall asleep. It makes me do this. It hurts me in that way. It damages this. I'm having all kinds of problems. This is process. So you have a purpose in your body for a length of time on planet earth. God has assigned you a hundred years, 120 years, 70 years, 80 years. And if you are willing to embrace the purpose of your destiny, then you are going to go through that process like Jesus did. Praise the Lord. Turn to somebody and say, that's what I'm talking about. Would you tell somebody if you could just give me a hundred dollars right now, I think I will believe everything that's going on. (laughs) Jesus learned his obedience. Remember, he was 30 years. 30 years Jesus was living invisibly. Do you really think 
that all of a sudden, after 30 years of doing nothing, no miracles, no resurrecting of the dead, no cleansing of any lepers, no walking on water, no talking on the storm, no healing cancer, no helping all the cripples, none of that. 30 years of seeing all those people in front of him every day, he being God himself, knowing that all he had to do is stretch his hand out and he would resurrect that family member. He would heal the blind eyes of that customer, of that old woman, that is carrying that burden that he could have stretched his hands out to that person and healed them but he didn't do it because of the process that he was under it is not my time to do it and so he waited that wasn't easy that was hard praise God are you in any kind of spiritual divine process right now is there anything going on in your life that you know is the hand of God functioning in that area of your life. And how are you responding to that? Because that is the secret of your future. Who wants to have a future? Who wants to have a blessed future and not a cursed future? Praise the Lord. Who wants to finish this race called life strongly, doing the will of God and the plan of God? How many of you believe you have gifts that have not been discovered yet? Talents that have not been discovered yet. Ministries that have not been discovered yet. Anointings that have not been discovered yet. We don't know what Pastor Scott and Pastor Melissa are going to accomplish. We only see the, the tiny little breakthroughs in the sun coming out. you just barely seeing Scott come forth. Barely seeing Melissa come forth. But only God knows what their future may hold. Only God knows if they'll get on TV. If they'll preach to thousands of people. If they'll lead a revival around the world. Only God knows what will happen. But if you don't go through the process, you say, I want to be a great musician. The process is five to seven hours of practice every day for 10 years. Because after you practice for 10 hours a day, you are normal when you start. You're invisible. But after 10 hours every day, you will no longer be invisible because there will be no one like you. Process. Purpose. Destination. God already attached your destination to your life. Some of you are supposed to be in ministry uh, behind a pulpit. Some of you are supposed to be entrepreneurs and have million-dollar businesses. And those businesses will remain natural and normal and for your personal benefit until you take your business or you take your church and you say, here is my natural thing, my natural business, the temporal but I am now going to aim it at the eternal, and then the divine will come forward. What do you mean? You mean you're a plumber, and instead of just plumbing to make money and pay bills, you're now Jesus' plumber. What does that mean? It means that when you go and do the work, you don't always charge everybody. That happens to be a widow that's got no money, and you go over there and you repair that for free, and you tell her anytime you have problems with anything, call me. I will repair it, and you're never going to have to pay for it because that's my ministry. And you are now taking the natural, turn it into something divine and something eternal, and now you're natural. Natural ministry, a natural job has become your ministry. Now you're just not, you're just not doing one natural thing. Now what was natural to you 
has now become an entire ministry that can pay bills, get people saved, get people healed, get people delivered, rescue this, rescue that, do all kinds of stuff. You, you make a big sale, you make two million, you put that in the bank for yourself, or do you say, God, where's the ministry in the two million? What part of that two million do you want me, and who do you want me to bless with that two million? How, what, how do I take that two million and bless people? Because that's a ministry part of my work, of my business, of my job, because I don't want to just live for my own self. I don't want to be like everybody else. I want to have divinity in my existence. I want to have the eternal in what I'm doing. I want to put that into my children. Praise the Lord. Say this. Practice changes reality. Mm-hmm. Anything you practice changes reality. If you practice bad, it changes your reality. If you practice good, it changes your reality. Praise God. Look at someone and say, there's some good changes coming. Have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who existed in the form of God, counted not uh, the being on an equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man. He hum process. He humbled himself, becoming obedient even unto death, yea, the death of the cross. Wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. You see, right there is the purpose, the process, and the destination. Who are you supposed to be? Is this it? Is this it? Is that it? That's all that's going to happen? Are we maintaining or are we going to thrive? Who's going to thrive? Who's going to thrive? Say it. I don't want to just maintain. I don't want to just be lazy. If after 15 or 20 years, nothing has radically changed in your life, you are a good religious person. You are a good religious person, but don't lie to yourself and think that you're in an involved, intimate relationship with your destiny. You could have a relationship with God and talk to him and love him and honor him and do all those things. But what I'm talking about is the continual transformation of your life where you go from one glory to another glory, change from glory to glory into his image. That's the process. Praise the Lord. This church, this is the smallest this church will ever be. Now the church begins to grow. Now the church begins to grow from this point to another point. It gets now bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Your business, as small as it'll ever be right now, because from now on it grows and grows and grows. Your marriage, this is the worst it'll ever be. Now it gets better and better and better. Your health, is, this is as bad as it'll ever be. Now it gets better and better and better and better. Your children... The problems they have, this is it. Never get worse than this. It's going to get better and better and better and better because you are in the process. You're on the road, the path to your destination, to your destiny. Praise God. Look at somebody and say, that's what I need in my life. Say that to somebody. I need that. Moses had to go through that. 30 years in the world being somebody, 30 years with sheep being nobody, 30 years delivering Israel. Praise God. It's the same with you. Your life has a purpose attached to it. 
What are the processes you're going to have to go through to be that person that God has called you to be? Praise God. Say to somebody, I don't know, but it's going to be amazing. Your process includes this, mentoring. It includes pruning. It includes teaching. It includes learning. It includes embracing pain. It includes painful separations from dangerous people. It includes mendings and encounters and intimacies and wrestlings and crucifixions and surrenders and repentances and habits and cultures and forgivenesses intercessions and worships and exchanges of new wine and continually going out into the deeper water. The deeper water. Praise God. You say, I'm a Christian. I love God. Well, but what's the deeper water? Oh, I've got to learn another language. You've got to learn another language? Yeah, I just feel drawn towards missionary work. So I've got to learn another language. Maybe I should learn two languages. Oh, I need to learn an instrument. Oh, my God. I need to go to Bible school. Wait a second. Praise God. I need to learn how to cook. Glory to God. I need to learn how to train people and mentor people so they can multiply our business. Glory to God. I've got to learn how to win souls. I've got to learn how to lay hands on the sick. I've got to learn, praise God, how to prophesy. I've got to learn the word of knowledge. How does that work? Miracles. How does that work? How do I multiply business? How do I get the hand of God to bless my business? What are the what are the rules and laws of the spirit in order for God to take a business and become the CEO? How do I become the athlete God wants me to be? How do I become the soldier God wants me to be? How do I become the doctor that God wants me to be? How do I become the teacher that God wants me to be? How do I not just waste away feeling sorry for myself and doing nothing, changing nothing, accomplishing nothing, and then look back and watch 30 years of my life gone without any spiritual breakthroughs that are noticeable. Praise God. How many of you are ready for the touch of God in your life? Whatever it takes, God will do. He will heal, he will restore, and he will repair. Praise God. Put on that song good if you would. It's titled Good. Would you look at somebody right now and say, you're about to enter the best time of your life. Destination. We're talking about destination because that's the whole idea. Destination. Ask ask God someday the process he's had to go through to be just where he's at. Ask anybody that's ever become anything where they came from. Say, where did you come from? How are you, you? What, what, what is it that happened that, that allowed you to be this? Pastor Albert. How did Pastor Albert become Pastor Albert? Where did he come from? What was the process? Look at any wife that you admire as a young woman and say, how did you become a great wife? How is it possible that you guys have a great marriage? How did that happen? What, what, what is, how? How do you have great kids like this? All those kids, they all love God and they all serve God. And how? How did that happen? Do you see what I'm saying? God loves you enough to show you all the answers to all of your questions unless you are happy and content where you're at. 
then that is a different story. Praise the Lord. I want you to close your eyes now. Here's what I tell people about closing your eyes. This is not religious. It's the exact opposite. When I pray, I close my eyes. I put my hands over my face. If I'm in a crowd, even if I'm by myself, because I feel shut in with God. And I feel the Holy Spirit. Close your eyes. Shut out everybody and all the distractions and think about your future right now. There's a purpose to your life. Are you walking in it? Which processes are you resisting that could lead you to your desired end? And what is your true destination for your family? What is the purpose of your marriage? What is your individual destiny supposed to be? Who are you supposed to love? Who are you supposed to bless? Who are you supposed to heal? Who are you supposed to minister? How? What are your gifts? Are you a writer? Are you an entrepreneur? Are you a minister of some sort? Are you supposed to invent things? Destination. Thank you, Lord. Every person, ask yourself that question. Here we are in church. It can be a normal day or something great could happen. Be a normal service or something spectacular could happen. My first question is this. I have three this morning. My first one is this. If you die today, if you drop dead, are you 100% sure that you're going to go to heaven if you die? If you drop dead today in your bed, in your pillow, in your car, on your, whatever, are you 100% sure? Can you say, I have no doubt, not even one doubt. If I die right now, I'll go straight to heaven. What if that's not true for you? What if you are an honest person and say, listen, I'm not sure about that. Is it important enough to be sure? Do you want to go to bed at night not knowing? Do you want to risk not going to heaven because you don't know and have not secured your position and relationship with God? You can just loop it. That's the question. Question number one at 1137. Think about it. If you're sitting out there and you say, Ivan, I'm not 100% sure. I do want to go to heaven. I want to have peace in my heart about heaven. Then I'm going to ask you to do this. It's very simple right where you're sitting if you say I want that peace in my heart but I'm not sure about it I want you to just raise your hand right where you're at and let me pray for you we will take care of it and when you lift your hand lift it without any shame I mean stretch it out there there you go I see your hand there and there I see your hand there and there and there Jesus hung naked we can stretch out our hands thank you 
I see your hands going up. You're saying, I don't have that, and I want that in my life. That's important. It's the first step this, for today. It's the first step. Now, if you lifted your hand, stand right where you're at. Let me pray for you. Stand up to your feet if you lifted your hand. Stand right up. Don't even hesitate. Just do it right away. I'm going to pray for you. We're going to watch God do something for you because it is necessary and it is important. Praise the Lord. Now, those of you that are standing, could you look at me for a second? May I have your permission to pray for you? I will not embarrass you or make you say a word to anybody. May I lead you in a prayer? If I can, would you do me the honor of just walking up here so I can just look at you? Walk, Get out of your seat. Walk right up here, and I'll let you sit down in a minute. Let me just pray for you this morning. Would you give them a hand as they come this morning? Like your own mama was coming up here. If you have to care for them as much as you care for your own parents because they belong to somebody. They belong to somebody. Would the rest of you look to your right and left and ask the person this question? Are you 100% sure you're going to heaven when you die? Would you ask them that? Ask them that. If they say, I don't know, would you offer to walk up here with them right now and say, I will go up there with you? Some people just need somebody to go with them for whatever reasons and say, I'll go up there with you and just bring them up here. Just bring them up here. That's just showing a little bit of compassion for people. It's being a caring individual. Praise the Lord. These people have said, I am not sure I'm going to go to heaven when I die. That is a serious thing. So I'm going to pray for them and we're going to secure that. That peace. And that relationship. We're going to make sure. Praise the Lord. I want you to do something and, and reach your hand out to one of these people. Whichever one you want. Reach your hand out and pray for that one person. Not in general. Not just like, you know, but actually extend your hand towards them. There's all these people here and we're going to pray for them. Praise God. Now, those of you that are up here, let me tell you these words. If you've ever asked anybody to forgive you, and they said, yes, I do forgive you, you've probably noticed that the next time you make them mad or offend them, they bring back up everything that they said they already forgave you for. That's the way humans are. We forgive in idea and theory, but it's very hard to forget. Especially if you hurt somebody bad enough. It's very hard for some people to let go. When God forgives you, he gives himself amnesia. So he actually forgets and erases from his own mind everything that makes you feel guilty and ashamed. All of that disappears forever this morning. When God forgives you, all the guilt will go, all the shame will go, and the pain will go. And God will give you a new beginning, beginning this morning. If you already know the Lord and you have doubt, He will get rid of that. 
Whatever the circumstance is, God's going to fix it right now. You're going to have to forgive the people that have hurt you, and you're going to have to forgive yourself. Are you all praying for them? Praying for these people? Praise God. Because this is really important. So let's all pray together. Is there anyone else that said, I wish I had gone up there, I should have done that. I should have gone up there because I'm not sure I'm going to heaven. I'll wait for you if you want to come forward. If you say, I'm going to get up there and go up there, I'll wait for you. Just for a little bit. This walk is very important, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus took a walk and crawled up on Calvary. Now we have to crawl up on Calvary too. You can't go to heaven without it. Simple as that. I'll wait for you. Anybody. Let something eternal take place this morning. Let something eternal take place. Something that you know comes from God. Because we're having church at 1145. Let's pray. I still feel there's some more, so I'm just going to wait a little bit longer. There's still a couple more people. Public confession like this is necessary. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me in front of people, I will be ashamed of you in front of my Father. So when you come forward, you're letting Jesus and God know you're not ashamed of Him, but you honor what He did for you when He died and took your place to give you heaven. I'm just lingering here for a minute. I just want to make sure everybody has the opportunity to make the right choices. All right, let's all pray together now. All of us together say, Jesus, would you save my life? Save my future. I apologize, God, for everything I have ever done outside of your plan for my life. Wash me and cleanse me from all my sins and heal me from all my wounds. I give you my heart. Come and live in this heart of mine. And never leave me, Jesus. I want to go to heaven when I die. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life so that when I die, I will go to heaven. I will now serve you and walk with you and love you all my life. I forgive those that have hurt me. I will not let them control my life anymore. Therefore, I forgive them. And I forgive myself. 
for all that I have done. I accept you now as my Savior. I am not guilty anymore. I'm going to heaven. Praise God. Can everybody say thank you, Lord? Would you all turn around for a minute? Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, can I present to you these men and women that are on their way to heaven? Their names, the Lamb's Book of Life. Satan is a liar, and he cannot have them. Praise the Lord. So we're going to pray for them right now, and we're going to bless them. Because, you know, this is a big step. And God cares about them. He cares about their future. They are worth God's time and our time. They have that value. They're not like beef or cattle just running before us. These are destinies and eternities. This man has a great destiny. This young girl. They have great destiny, each one of them. And we don't know what those destinies are. Only God does. But they are amazing. They're amazing. What's your name, man? What's his name? Bill Lucius. Bill? Great. Extend your hands over to Bill. Lord, we pray for Bill's body to be healthy and whole and healed and to recover. We ask you, God, that he never doubted again that he walk in the power and strength of the Holy Spirit. We bless him, God, that he'll feel your presence every day. Every day, God, that he'll feel your arms wrapped around him. In the name of Jesus. He's a good man, Lord, and I bless his heart in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. What's your name, ma'am? Jennifer. Extend your hands towards Jennifer. Jennifer, Psalm 36, verses 6, 7, and 8. says... Um, you're going to see light. You're going to drink of the river of God's joy and peace. And it's going to stay with you for the rest of your life. Evil will not approach you. And the presence of God will be with you from the morning till the evening. God is going to rewrite your future. Because He really loves you. And he really cares about you. And you're special to God. You're very unique. Hear my words. You deserve to be cherished. And God is going to make sure you are. Praise the Lord. That's a pretty good future to look forward to. Everybody say, he should have said that to me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. What's your name? Reese. Reese? Yeah. Extend your hands over to Reese and let's pray for Reese. Praise the Lord. Reese, a couple of things. God will protect you so no one hurts you. He's going to make sure that no one takes advantage of you in any way, ever. He's going to be there for you and answer all your questions. And you are a very gifted girl. You're very talented. God put those talents inside you. And so I bless you now that you will believe what I'm telling you. And you'll be able to live it all your life and change the world. Praise the Lord. Okay. What's your name, sir? Walter. Extend your hands over to Walter. Lord, I ask you to bless Walter in the name of Jesus. Bless his work. Bless everything he does, God, all his life. Keep him strong. Let him be blessed, Lord. I lay hands on him. I say, Walter, I bless you in the name of Jesus that you will fulfill God's destiny 
for your life. Praise the Lord. What's your name, ma'am? Margaret. Stand your hands to Margaret. Margaret, you're going to be a tremendous intercessor, a great prayer warrior. Your prayers will carry great authority. They'll rip Satan's kingdom to pieces. Praise God. And God will save the family members you have been praying for and take care of it for you. This is the beginning of the rest of your life. It's going to be very beautiful. You're a very nice woman. Praise God. Bless you. Thank you, Jesus. What's your name, man? Trifa. Trifa? I love that name. I bet nobody else has that name. Really? That's a cool name, Trifa. I like that. God bless you. This, I, what I'm, the Lord's telling me is this is your year of love for Him to wrap His arms around you and just love you all year long. And all things in your mind that make you hurt when you think about them, God is going to remove them from your memory. So I'm going to put my hands on your head like this, ma'am. I'm not going to push or anything. I'm just going to barely touch you because you've had a lot of pain, ma'am, a lot of hurt. So I'm just gently touching you. And I'm asking Jesus to now heal you, ma'am, of that. Those things that happened to you, that you be healed of them in the name of Jesus. That those abusive things are being healed right now by the name of Jesus and the power of the name of Jesus. Satan, you are a liar and you must take your hands off of her and never again touch her, visit her, or be around her in the name of Jesus. I now bless you from the inside out with the presence of God in your mind, the presence of God in your thoughts, the presence of God in every area of your life, that you'll simply dwell in a safe place. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Now give her songs in the night, Lord. So she sings beautiful songs to you and is able to just love you all day long. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Everybody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Tell somebody, thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. What's your name? Amber? Great. Would you extend your hands to Amber? Amber, a spirit attached itself to you, and I'm going to remove it from you. Okay? An evil spirit. It attached itself to you of depression, and I'm going to remove it from you now. There it goes. So I'm not touching you, pushing, doing nothing, but that spirit is leaving you right now. It cannot stay in your life anymore. Somebody hurt you very deeply. They did something to you that shouldn't have done. That should not have happened. I'm so sorry. But you just be healed of that right now in the name of Jesus. And be delivered of that. Be delivered of that completely and totally. This would be it right here. That depression, it's like a curse, but it's actually a spirit. Spirits are very easy to get rid of. We identify them, then we rebuke them, and they're gone. And then your whole world changes just that quick. Nothing spooky, nothing weird, nothing strange. We're just operating in the, in the presence of the Holy Spirit. He loves this girl. She is precious to Him. But all her life, she's been abused. It started early, seven years old. And it's been going ever since. All of that is all being healed right now by the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's why she's here. Because she has to have a breakthrough today. She cannot wait one more day. It's like she's been exposed to predators and they have been devouring her soul. God is going to rebuild that. He's going to give it back to her. Going to give her her joy back, her happiness back, her life back, her peace back. All of it. And it's not weird, ladies and gentlemen. The Holy Spirit is supernatural, but He's not weird. And anything that God does is beautiful. If it's of God, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. Your health has been really bad, but God's going to give you your health back. Praise the Lord. All right, because the amounts of stress you're under are so high. He's going to change the circumstances. There's some people that have access to you right now that are not going to have access to you anymore. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You're talking about a whole lifetime of healing in a, in a couple of minutes. So you understand there's a lot going on. Beautiful things are happening right now. Keep praying for it. Praise the Lord. Thank you. What's your name, sir? Ryan. Great. The only thing I want to tell you, Ryan, is... Um, Let me say it like this. You will drink of a pure river. It will not be weird. It will be pure. So you yourself will be not a weird person in any way. You're going to be a person everybody can relate to. The closer you get to Jesus, the more like Jesus you become. And that's really what you want deep down inside. And he's going to give you that request. You'll be like Jesus without being religious or in any way strange. And he'll bless the work of your hands. Deuteronomy 28, 12. Praise God. So I bless you in the name of Jesus. Thank you. What's your name, man? Guadalupe. Guadalupe. Great. And who's this gentleman? My husband. Jose and Guadalupe. Great. Are you with me here? Praise the Lord. It's 1158. I've got two minutes left. Not that pastors would ever ask me to do that, but I want to be sensitive. I don't keep it till till whatever. Praise the Lord. I just want to bless you with the peace of God. Is that okay? Peace is a beautiful thing because Satan hates peace. He can't live where there is peace. He can only live where there is problems, trouble, turmoil, anxieties, hurt, pain, and negativity. Bad circumstances have to change for you and they're going to change so i just pronounce this blessing that beginning today this is the day that the lord has made you will rejoice and be glad in it the best blessings are headed to your house in the name of jesus satan take your hands off of them right now in the name of jesus christ of nazareth Heal them for the losses that they are feeling right now. The treasures of their life, God, taken from them. And give them, Lord, a new beginning without any darkness in it. In the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. So I bless both of you today in Jesus' name. Praise the, They're worth our time. They're worth our time. People are worth our time. Church is about people. It's not about schedules. We keep a schedule when God isn't doing anything. But we should always expect God to do something on His schedule. We don't take advantage of things and blame God. But at the same time, we give Him room touch people and bless people praise the lord and i appreciate that so you know tonight we're going to pray for all of you every single one of you and pray for every one of you because the holy spirit has something for your life praise god 
How do you put yourself in a place where the Holy Spirit is the power of your life? You're living through the Holy Spirit rather than just trying to do the right things. It's a beautiful thing. Praise the Lord. What's your name, man? Linda. How are you doing? Praise the Lord. You seem like a nice lady, Miss Linda. Because of Jesus. <laughs> That's a good reason. Praise the Lord. Can I pray for you? Sure. Extend your hands right here, Miss Linda. Praise the Lord. Uh, Luke 1, 78 and 79, Miss Linda. Darkness will no longer be your chair. Light will spring up for you. Shadows will flee away. And when you look out into your life, you'll say, look what the Lord has done. Praise the Lord. Now I'm going to extend my hands towards her like this. I'm going to bring a message in tongues. I'm then going to interpret that, which is totally legal. Praise the Lord. And just pray, pray with it. Predor vidarka pronto brusti tachova. Greg damanzi bligropte frevanzo brekstitara. I can start, I can stop. I'm not crazy. My head's not flipping out. Bring contas vijalzo marco buzede. Gelvaral tu kurunz em beskratza. Speleja croctavaris. This is your year of the cocoon. I will place you in my cocoon of love. There I will grow your wings. I will add the colors to your life that are missing. I will give you joys and peace. I will give you victories and attitudes. I will heal the pain in your bones. I will take away the sorrows of the lonely nights. I will be your symphony. I will be your instrument. I will be your music. I will be early in the morning the songbird of your soul. When you go to bed, I will put you to sleep. You will need no medicine. I will be your sleeping pill. I will take care of you all the rest of your life. Praise the Lord. That's a pretty good word, man. Praise God. Turn to somebody and say, once again, Brother Ivan should have given me that. Praise God. I don't know why he's talking to other people. Praise God. What's your name, ma'am? I'm Amy. Amy. Stretch your hands out over to Amy. Praise God. Yes, Amy, you are very gifted. You are very talented. There are a lot of dreams that have fallen to the floor and broken. But I, I, I haven't lost any of the pieces. I have all the pieces. They weren't fit together the right way. But I'm going to fit them together the right way. And this time they won't fail. All your deepest desires will happen. All your biggest dreams will come to pass. Every part of the things you have seen in your mind and imagined in your mind for yourself. All your relationships. You will be surrounded by people who adore you and who love you and who cherish you, and who understand you. I will give you the deepest longings of your soul. You will not hear ugly music inside you. You will only hear the music of heaven. Everything in harmony, perfect melodies, tunes that heal the soul, and cause you to want to fly. This is your year. This is the beginning of the rest of your destiny. Praise the Lord. Isn't that a good word? Glory to God. 
God bless you. Praise the Lord. What's your name, ma'am? Am I praying for you? Okay. Great. Stretch your hands up. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. What a good day we're having. It's a Sunday morning. It's a beautiful day. Praise God. Can she understand me? Okay, so they're going to record it and somebody can interpret it for her? All right. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My daughter, you will see me clearly. You will understand me clearly. You will know me intimately. You will not walk in confusion. You will not have a divided soul. Every piece of you will have clarity. Every part of you will be clear. No more dark clouds upon you. Now you will know me by name and understand me in your heart. Praise the Lord. That should be recorded for in the name of Jesus. Would you all stretch your hands out here to everybody and say we bless you in the name of the Lord. Praise God. All right, everybody. God bless you. Go sit down. That wasn't bad for a Sunday morning. Praise the Lord. Look at somebody and say that wasn't bad for a Sunday morning. Praise God. Let's say it again. I have a purpose. I'm going to embrace the process. And I'm going to reach the destination. Amen. On the product that you that is back there, whatever you buy, I'll give you a prophetic word in the book or whatever it is you buy. That helps me minister to more people and it inspires people to buy things. <laughs> so, so those are two good reasons. But the other thing, uh, tonight at what time? Yeah, tonight at 6 o'clock. I, I can tell you this is going to change your life tonight. It's going to be very powerful. It's going to answer a lot of questions and put you in contact with the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what you want. That's what you want. Because once you learn those secrets of walking inside the Holy Spirit, you don't get tired, you don't burn out. Because the Holy Spirit energizes you. And it renews you. Praise God. So I bless you now in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. That you will know your purpose. You'll have the wisdom to embrace your process. And that you will finally reach that person you are supposed to be. In every area of your life. God loves you just the way you are. Even if you never changed. But he loves you too much to leave you where you're at. Praise God. Pastor is going to come up and receive a love offering for our orphanage. I want you to consider that. We have just bought another eight acres uh, at the orphanage for building uh, self-sufficiency projects and all that. And God is doing a lot of things for those children. I really, really appreciate it. If you would like to help us with that, uh, we need $25,000 for... Uh, beginning that process of building and all that. Thank you if you do it. If you don't do it, that's okay too. But if you do do it, thank you. Praise God. We really appreciate it. Tonight, right here at 6 o'clock, so many beautiful things God has to say to, to all of you. Bring somebody. Let this be your motto. Never come to church alone. Praise God. Say it. Never come to church alone. Say it again. Tell it to the person that never come to church alone. Bring somebody. God will save them. God will heal them. 
God will deliver them. There's no telling what might happen. Church is a place of divine encounters. Praise the Lord. 1208. Hallelujah. Here's Pastor Scott. Was that okay? All right. Amen. We're going to give you an opportunity right now to give into Brother Ivan's ministry. Um, if you need an envelope for your giving, raise your hands. The ushers are coming forward right now. If you are writing a check, we'll ask you to go ahead and write it to Generations Church. Every dollar given in this offering 